All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have you go wherever I go and introduce me. That's awesome. Thank you. Uh, it is, uh, of course, a real pleasure to be back again. I figure it's always a, a real pleasure when you're invited the first time, but it really means a lot when you're invited again. <laughs> and so, or at least I invited myself and he agreed. So, uh, awesome. And uh, this is just great. I'm really excited about just, the, I love this church. I, you know, the first time we came, we just felt like this is family. You know, wherever you go, you have family. And uh, so I'm your lost long relative that you may or may not want to know, but I'm, I'm your relative. So we're excited about that. Uh, I'm going to share this morning. I'm going to start with John 7, verse 38 and 39. Uh, and this is really what's on my heart. This is a spirit-filled, I can sense that, I know that. Uh, you believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. I was here at the early prayer meeting, and that was the theme, Lord, move your, by your Spirit in us. So today I'm going to share with you about how you activate and actually are a key to your own personal revival and to the revival of your church. John seven thirty eight. it says this in the New King James. He who believes in me, as the Scripture has said, and by the way, you know this is Jesus saying this, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. So just let's stop right there immediately. Where will this flow from? Out of his heart. And what will come out of his heart? Rivers of living water. But, and, and, and then the writer here goes on to say, John says, but he spoke concerning the spirit whom those believing in him would receive. So John makes a, a real point. He says, Jesus said, I'm going to put something in your heart when you come to me, and it's going to flow out of your heart. It's going to be a river that flows. John says, in case you don't know what he's talking about, he's talking about the Holy Spirit. So I was so taken by this verse because I'm one of those who's always wanting God to move and move by revival, and I become aware of my own dryness. And then I, so I decided to read this in several translations. Uh, the American, the Amplified Bible, which is the funnest amp version of the Bible to read, isn't it? He who believes in me, who cleaves to and trusts in me, relies on me, as the scripture has said, from his innermost being shall flow continuously springs and rivers of living water. And he was speaking here of the Holy Spirit. John, John 7, and this is, I believe, in the New Living Translation. Anyone who believes in me may come and drink. For the scriptures declare rivers of living water will flow from his heart. When he said living water, he was speaking of the spirit. And then the Message Bible, which is also a really fun version. Rivers of living water will, will brim and spill out of the depths of anyone who believes in me this way. Just as the scripture says. Are you getting the point already? <laughs> when you come to Jesus and when you ask him to fill you with his spirit, he doesn't just like pour out water into a glass. There is something transformative about your encounter with the Holy Spirit in that he actually deposits his spirit in you. And uh, 
one of the, a, a great, you know him up here, Pat, Dr. Steve Shell was, we were talking about this verse a while back, and he said, now you got to go to the language, which I don't know Hebrew at all. I know Spanish, but not Hebrew. And, uh, and, but he does, and he said, look, the language there literally talks about being inside your body. It's not just figuratively. The language they use there indicates that it's like right inside, right down here, right? We would say right in your guts. It's, it's in your body. <clears throat> and so this concept, I think, needs to, to come to the forefront of spirit-filled believers. We need to understand that the power of the Holy Spirit resides, resides in us. It's a well a well that lives in us. Let, let me just read you some verses. Uh, Romans 8, 9 says, But you are not controlled by the, your sinful nature. You are controlled by the Spirit if you have the Spirit of God living in you. Verse 11, The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. John 4, 3, Those who obey God's commandment remain in fellowship with him, and he with them, as we know, he lives in us because the Holy Spirit he gave us lives in us. This is exciting. That the Holy Spirit comes into your life and makes his abode there. A part, I don't know how God works that out. But there is a deposit and a living force of God lives in you. Now, the scriptures has kind of two different concepts of the Holy Spirit's inter inter interaction and relationship with us. The first we find in the Old Testament. Now, in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit would come upon people. He would move upon people. And it seemed to be a, a, a coming and going thing. They would be, in, God would hit them. The prophet would, the Holy Spirit would come upon them. Uh, and you see that over and over. So there was this external encounter with the Holy Spirit which was powerful and wonderful. But in the New Testament, we have a new covenant. And what the old covenant couldn't do, the new covenant takes care of. And that is, he said, you know what? I'm not going to just move on you. I'm going to move in you. I'm going to reside there. I'm going to build a fountain in you. <laughs> and that fountain is going to be a continuous source of the Holy Spirit. That's powerful. So he promised that every believer would have the indwelling Holy Spirit. Just annoy a neighbor and say, you have the Holy Spirit dwelling in you. Go ahead, try that. Because I want you to hear that. So here's the big takeaway. The river lives, resides in us. Now, and so here's the key. If you, if you haven't caught it already, I want to make sure you know what I'm saying. We can initiate the flowing of the Spirit in our lives, in our ministries. We can get the river of the Spirit flowing. We can initiate our personal revival. We can do it together. <laughs> and and, uh, and we, can, we can, together we can activate the flow of the Holy Spirit. I was in two experiences already with you today. I was in the prayer meeting. In the prayer meeting, we felt the Holy Spirit at work, didn't we? Those of you in the, didn't we feel the presence of God and the Spirit was moving? Didn't you feel happy and excited and, and moved? Yes? Then we had our worship time here. Who felt the Spirit moving when you were doing that? 
Well, I want to suggest to you that we, we clarify our concept of that event. It wasn't that we were worshiping God like antennas and he came and poured his spirit on us. We were activating the fountain. Now, you can't limit this. And so please, I'm not legalistic about this. Of course the Holy Spirit moves externally. We partner with him. But we miss the big point is that when you begin to do the things the Spirit of God, those scriptures asked you to do, the Spirit of the Lord is activated. The river flows. We, and, and I know I, I grew up in Pentecost. And ever since I'm a kid, we're always praying for revival. <laughs> revival is the highlight, isn't it? We all shoot for revival. Remember the revival. Let's pray for revival. Oh, God, come. Oh, Spirit, come. And I have no problem with those being prayed or asked for. But often it is at the expense of realizing that you are a well. That you are a fountain. And it's kind of like if I were the Holy Spirit, and I'm not, thank God, he worked that out. I would want to say back to you, every time you pray, Spirit, move, he would say, why don't you move? It is actually remarkable when your brain and your heart get this in your head. Get, you grab this. I'm not at the mercy of the pool moving occasionally, at the random moving of the Holy Spirit. God didn't want it to be random. He said, I'm going to solve this Holy Spirit problem with you. I'm going to give you a deposit of my spirit that will flow any time you let it flow. Uh, this morning, I've been hosted by the Taylors, and they have a K-cup, a Keurig. Anybody know what that is? We all know what that is, right? Well, I had a, two cups of coffee today. Because I wanted to. I wanted to have a cup of coffee. So I got up, went into where they have the coffee. I stuck my little K-cup in there. I shut it. I hit the button, and water came out. You know why water came out? Because there's water in it. There's already water in a K-cup, if you didn't know that. That's the mystery. When it says it's empty, the container, it's not empty inside. It still has water, maybe unless it can't get more water in. But now that's a really crude illustration. But I want every time you get a K-cup from now on, you remember. There is a deposit of the water of the Holy Spirit in you already. That's ready for you not to drink coffee, but to pull on it, to, to activate. I, I, I use all kinds of words. I, the, the, it just, there's all those, whatever you think of, as we were praying, one of the brothers said, we're vessels. We're vessels of the Holy Spirit. I go, oh, that's a good one. Why didn't I think of that one? A vessel. But we're vessels in the way, think of a vessel that you pour water into it. It has a reservoir that pumps water back out. And you activate it at that end. So you activate the Holy Spirit, not on the intake, but on the outtake. Are we there? In other words, it's not like, oh God, I'm empty, pour something in. He says, if you're empty, why don't you pour something out? And let my spirit refresh you as the spirit 
flows. So that's why I say let the river flow. We got to let the river flow. So what I want to do today with the rest of this time, we're gonna, I want to talk about how you activate that fountain. How do you get the river flowing? Well, mysteriously enough, <laughs> oddly enough, the tools to getting the river flowing came with the gift of the Spirit. And so I'm going to give you, let's see, how many are there? I have four tools that you can use every day, anywhere, anytime to get the river flowing. Are you excited? Yes. This will be worth it today. This is good. Okay, here you go. You ready for this? Speaking in tongues. We are Pentecostal. The reason we're Pentecostal is our theology believes that what happened on the day of Pentecost happens today. That's, that is it. We're not cessationists. We don't believe that the gifts stopped in the book of Acts for a period. We believe they kept on going. And that because of that, we can ask to be baptized, filled, whatever the language we want to take from Scripture, to be filled with the Spirit. And one of those gifts he gives you when you are filled with the Spirit is speaking in tongues. It is one of the gifts he gives you, and it is a critical gift. Our problem is that we're, we're, we've kind of moved as a, a whole, not just four square, but church, the evangelical Pentecostal church has kind of been pushed back a lot on that gift is not really that important. Usually it's because we have really spiritual people that don't speak in tongues. So we say, I guess it's not really that important. They only, you know, my theory is they don't speak in tongues because they don't want to. They don't know how, or they haven't taken that step of faith. I believe everyone can speak in tongues. That's fun when you're a visitor, so I can just rail like this. Uh, and, and so, you know, my, my dad was old, kind of redneck hillbilly. That's what he called himself as, to define his social status. And so he had a really unique way. He says, you know, the Holy Spirit's like shoes. You get a shoe, it comes with a tongue. Not very theological, but very practical. In other words, it's a gift that he gave you, but I think what happens is we underestimate how vital it is. And it is one of the main, in fact, the next two or three tools I'm going to share with you include tongues. But they're different aspects of how you use tongues. And by the way, the gift of speaking in tongues, again, is not an external inspirational event. It is now given to you so that any time you need to or want to, you can pray, worship, sing in a spiritual language. Isn't that fun? It's not, I'm not, oh God, I hope you make me speak in tongues. He's not going to make you. He's going to inspire you. And then it's a tool. You can draw on it all the time. I mean, come on. When I'm uptight, I speak in tongues. When I'm scared, I speak in tongues. When I was thinking about preaching here, I was speaking in tongues. And you can tell different tongues. You know, the really urgent ones. Anyone know what I'm talking about? Come on. Then there's the free one, the joyful one. I thought it would be interesting. In 1 Corinthians 14, is often turn to as kind of the damper on tongues, okay? And <laughs> if you're not familiar with this, just ignore my little preamble here. But often it's used as kind of a downer. You don't, it's, tongues isn't really important because you shouldn't be speaking in tongues in church. It didn't say that. It says you shouldn't be preaching in tongues. 
But in the exhortation to be careful how tongues are used to not, don't use them to preach, Paul actually gives us tremendous insight of what tongues does. Look at this, verse 2, 1 Corinthians 14. For anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people, but to God. So when you're talking in tongues, you're talking to God. When I pray in tongues, verse 14, my spirit prays. Now, I just took the excerpts that talk about what tongues does. When you are praising God in the spirit, praising God in the spirit. So when you praise God in your spiritual language, you are praising God. Uh, Then he goes on to say, I thank God that I speak in tongues more than all of you. So Paul says, come on, people. I'm not dampening tongues. I understand how vital it is. It's just, if I just got up here and talked in tongues the whole hour and a half that I'm going to take. No, I'm not. I'm just kidding. Uh, It would would do you no benefit unless God gave you a, a gift of interpretation. But it doesn't mean I should not pray in tongues. It means I need to because I want... I want to praise God. I want to talk to God. I want to share my heart with God. I want God to be activated in me. So verse 15, I love this verse. So what shall I do? I will pray with my spirit. Listed first, by the way. But I will also pray with my understanding. I will sing with my spirit. But I will also sing with my understanding. Notice how he said, I'll pray, I'll sing. What's he talking about in this passage is the spiritual language. He says, I'm going to praise the Lord with my spiritual language. I'm going to sing a spiritual song to the Lord. Number two tool. So let's go right to the first one. The second tool is learn to pray in the spirit. Praying in the spirit. Romans 6, 26 is generally understood that this is given an insight to what happens when the spirit helps us pray. The same way the spirit helps us in our weaknesses, we don't know what we ought to pray for. But the spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the spirit because the spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance to God's will. So pray in the spirit. Now, has two connotations. One is spirit-inspired prayer, where you're leading, you're praying, and then God gives you insight how to pray prophetically, how to pray with discernment. Yes, there's, so walking and praying in the spirit has both connotations. I want to be inspired and directed in my prayer, but I also want to give voice to the Holy Spirit through tongues. And when you do that, you activate. You get the river flowing. The river flows. How about worshiping in the spirit? I will sing with my spirit. I will sing with my spirit. There's a beauty of the spiritual language being released in prayer, in praise, and in song. And when we do these things, the Holy Spirit moves. The Holy Spirit moves in us. Uh, uh, it's kind of interesting. I, had, I began to notice, now I've been doing ministry since, well, a long time. I figured that's almost 60 years. I keep saying 50, but I'm getting older than that. And, and I got filled, baptized with the Holy Spirit when I was like seven. I was, we were missionaries in Cuba. I had my spiritual language. I was so overjoyed. And since then, I've experienced what it means to walk in the Spirit, to pray in the Spirit. 
But I began to notice after all these years, there's a trend. How happy I feel when we're praising God. How good I feel. How happy. How, how, that feels so good. You know why? Because I've activated the Holy Spirit. The river's flowing. Yeah, he is present. I can feel his presence. But it's not just, maybe it's more like instead of that he came to come around me, he came out of me <laughs> and surrounds me. Does that make sense, people? I just want, maybe to the point of exaggeration, I want you to catch this picture. You don't have to live revivalist. You don't have to wait to an appointed time where there will be a revival. God meant for you to experience the flowing of the Holy Spirit all the time. Number four, and I put this on here because it puts a lot of, another, another dimension to those things I've said. Partnering with the Holy Spirit to minister to others. The river is not meant to be stagnant. It's not meant to be just come in and stay there and to have a momentary, a periodic visitation. The Holy Spirit is made to be flowing, constantly flowing. And one of those ways you do that is you move out from your own personal focus and you begin to focus on others. So when you minister, especially when you let the Holy Spirit lead you and you partner with the Holy Spirit and begin to care for people and love people and, and speak and pray and prophesy and share and, and, and God begins to move by his gifts, let me tell you, you will experience revival. Now, as you'll experience the joy and blessing of the Holy Spirit much more if you're using your spiritual gifts, if you're actively ministering to others and that you're not just sitting around waiting for the Holy Spirit to fall on you and make you feel better. You will be filled. And in fact, here's an interesting thing. Uh, sometimes uh, we get, I just want the gifts of this. I want the fruit of the Spirit. Everybody, we love the fruit of the Spirit. You know, oh, oh the Holy Spirit gives me joy, peace, and love. And we kind of stop there. You know that the fruit of the Spirit, in fact, is ministry gifts. It's given for you to live together in fellowship with your brothers and sisters. So it's not an isolation gift. Those are not about emotional, <laughs> emotional experiences. You know what? In fact, I wrote them out so I wouldn't forget. I want you to think, let me read these gifts of this, this fruit of the Spirit, Galatians 5, and, and bring to mind that they were given for us to live together and work together and be together. It's not an isolation. Another reason I think we often don't, miss, don't experience revival is we're living in isolation. So everything gets in, turned into the first person. God revived me. Come by your spirit to me. We ignore the fact that it's, he's already there. And how about you get around some people and interact with people? When do you need the spirit to move by this fruit? When you're with people. Because when you're with people, you have to have love. When I'm by myself, I don't need love. But we're so internal that we'll say, well, I need to feel his love. I understand that. But move on. You will actually feel his love when you love someone. How about joy? Well, I, that's just me. I want to be joyful when I'm in my car, when I'm gardening, when I'm sulking, when I'm watching a football game. When I'm by myself, I want joy. Wonderful. But you know when you really need joy? Right now. When you're with these people. Come on. Or how about peace? 
I just want peace. I want, well, how about when you bring peace into relationships? How about when the Holy Spirit needs to work and move? And how about, okay, now the rest we hardly ever mention. How about forbearance? Did you know forbearance is a gift of the Spirit? Wow. How about kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control? So I did the, a quick math, and of the nine fruit of the Spirit, three could possibly make individualistic. Other six is definitely relational. And in fact, I believe they're all relational. Now, why am I harping on this like this? Because I want you to understand that the spirit that lives in you is activated together. When you do the work of the Lord, when you love each other, when you care about one another, and you move from your own self-focus, and you begin to focus on others together. This is so good, Richard. Thank you for coming. This is awesome. Okay, five. I'm sorry. I just couldn't help that. In that awkward silence, they're like, okay, is he going to be done? All right. Okay, number five. Here's the, the last tool that I'm going to sh- show you. And that is, it moves from the, the next one. We talked about being in relationship, partnering with the Holy Spirit earlier than being in relationship. How about when you use the tools of the Spirit together with other believers. You want to maximize impact? Use those gifts with other people together. Pray in the Spirit. Speak in tongues together. Pray in the Spirit together. Worship in the Spirit together. Partner with the Holy Spirit together. In fact, a, a quick review of the main revival events in, in the book of Acts. And I go like that because revival meaning where we see a real evidence move of the Holy Spirit on the congregation. Acts chapter 2 is the first one, day of Pentecost. But what precedes the outpouring of the Holy Spirit is they were all together. They were all together in one place. They were together. The Spirit moves. They were praying. The Holy Spirit comes on them. They get filled with the Holy Spirit. And now the Spirit is flowing from them. And immediately from, their, from that event, they go and they share Jesus with the world because the Spirit is now a river that flows from them so much so that people said, who are these people? They're the people in which the river flows. And they let the river flow. And they work at making sure the river is flowing. How about uh, uh, four, pa- pa- uh, four chapters later, they were persecuted, so they come back together. Now, these are spirit-filled believers. They come together and say, God, we're being about this. Because, again, I've been at this a long time, and I've had stagnant times. In fact, not too recently. I was sort of like, oh, man. And, and I'm calling out to the Lord. And then we talked about me sharing. And as soon as we talked, the Holy Spirit put this in my heart. And I looked at that, and oh, what a great message. That will really work well. And then the Holy Spirit said, pay attention. <laughs> Ever happened to you? You're thinking it's for them, and he says, no, no, no. It's for them, too. You get to share it, but you need to look at this. Because here I am, a veteran, seasoned, full gospel, Pentecostal minister, and I'm stagnant. 
and said, oh, God, move on me. Pour out your spirit on me. Oh, God, please do revival, revival, revival. And he Why don't you get up, sing in the spirit, pray in the spirit, worship me in the spirit. Why don't you minister to somebody and partner with me in ministry? Wow. I'm revived. I'm revived. I'm coming right from three, two and a half days of prophetic ministry. Part of a team that ministered to 40 women. Am I fired up or not? Why? Because I got the river flowing. And I want that for you. I don't, we don't ever need to be stagnant. And I've been a part of what are called two major awakenings in the history of the church since I've been alive. The, the ecumenical movement where the Holy Spirit poured his, himself out on, uh, of all things, Catholics, Episcopalians, Lutherans, wow. The Pentecostal church thought that could never happen. It wasn't even supposed to happen. We we're like the circumcised Jews. A Catholic nun cannot be filled with the Spirit and much less have the gifts of the Spirit of healing on her, on, in, in them. Oh, no, they're singing, praising God. The Holy Spirit's moving. Because God will let his well, his river flow from all who believe in him. But you know what? Those were awakenings because God did it all over the place. We also went through the Jesus people movement. I was a, not a hippie, but I was a Mexican kid during the hippie movement. And I wasn't Mexican, but I was raised Mexican. And so I saw it firsthand, the Holy Spirit, he'll save hippie after hippie after. Now, hippies were not supposed to get saved. Not until they cut their hair. <laughs> so the Holy Spirit didn't ask us. And now there are you know, we're now the boomers, and, and all the bad we've done, we've also done some good stuff. And God saved millions around the world. That's an awakening. But I think personal revival, the fresh moving of the Holy Spirit, you don't need to wait till then. And now I know there are prophetic timetables, and some of you are geniuses at that, but I just want to tell you, Wonderful. I want another great awakening of the Holy Spirit to turn America around. But I want to tell you, don't wait till then. Use the tools. Speak in your spiritual language. Don't let anything stop you from doing that. Don't put it to the side. Don't say it's not important. If you received it, I want you to stand. You can, talk. You can work this all out with your pastors after I'm gone. But I want you to know that you can speak in tongues and you can choose to do it all the time. I can pray in my understanding, Lord bless this church, and I can pray in the spirit, which probably means similar to what I said in English. That's my, I call that my probably translation. I would tell my church when I was pastor, I said, you're going to hear me singing in the spirit. Now for some of you, that's, oh, no, he's, tongues have been uttered in the church. I'm going, just listen carefully. I'll interpret it right after that. Because I'm praising God with my spirit. Now, I'm not for disorder, and I'm not saying let's get crazy. I'm just saying let's get the river flowing. Let the river flow in you. 
begin to practice it. How do I, here's here's, here's how I've been doing it, and I can already tell a change. I've gone through a long, dark night of the soul. Anybody have those struggles? Oh, you know, I'm so tired and I'm so weary. Remember that old song? Anybody old enough to remember? But I must travel on, you know? Uh, I don't want to live like that. I don't want to be a grumpy old guy who's mad at the world and angry at everything. Nothing's going wrong. I want to be filled with the Spirit. And I want to be joyful when I'm around people. And I want to be able to forbear you and love you and care for you because that activates the Holy Spirit in me. So speak in tongues. Pray in the Spirit. Get, be active in that. Make tongues a part of your prayer life all the time. Worship in the Spirit. Let the Spirit lead you and guide you. Do it when you're together. Sing by yourself. Turn the wonderful thousands of you know, audio pieces we have of people worshiping the Lord. And when you do it, just sing with your soul and let the Spirit lead you, but also speak in your heavenly language. Then partner with the Holy Spirit. Wake up every day. Holy Spirit, how are we going to partner today? How, how can I... Uh, how can I hear your voice? How can I move with you in ministry, and then do it with each other. In fact, I'm going to close with this. I just want to encourage you to get with your friends and have Holy Spirit times. Pray in the Spirit. Years ago, this is years ago, I had a a group of my friends in Mexico, and a bunch of them hadn't been filled with the Holy Spirit. And I said, they said, what should we do? And I said, well, my dad has taught us (laughs) that we should just get together and pray. And we should pray until it happens. In, in Old Pentecost, we called it tarrying meetings. From the King James word waiting, which is tarry in, in King James. So waiting meetings. And what you did is you just prayed until it happened. And so we get in there. We don't know any better. We just start praying, praying, praying. And probably about a half an hour in, my friends who didn't, hadn't been filled start speaking in tongues. See, you can have that. You can get your friends together and say, let's, let's just practice this. Let the river flow. Say that with me. Let the river flow. In fact, lovingly say it to a friend. Let the river flow. doesn't matter how a- what age you are. doesn't matter how old or how young, how large or small, how smart or not smart you are. You let the river flow, and the Holy Spirit will revolutionize you will revolutionize you. And possibly I came here just simply to say that to you. Let the Holy Spirit flow in you and in your relationships. Father, thank you for the promise of your word. Thank you for this abiding gift you've given us. The gift of your spirit that resides and flows from us like a river. Thank you for the wonderful gift of spiritual language that activates and is part of the tools we use to experience your spirit in a powerful way in our life. Let it flow. Let it flow. Lord, I just want to take down any argumentation against the gifts and the move of the spirit, against any reserve, any conservatism of our own self that says, I don't want to venture off. But Lord, you give us faith. You give us passion. You give us hunger to worship you, pray you, pray to you, worship you, and move in the gifts of your spirit. Amen.